Starting out inside the 15, Thompson. He's going to launch it deep downfield, right in stride. Trey Palmer is gone. Touchdown, Nebraska. One play, 87 yards. You're listening to Run the Damn Ball. This is your host, Daniel Magnuson. We talk college football, Nebraska football, uh, anything that is somewhat related, we cover that. So uh, today it is just me. Um, if you guys haven't kept up with the latest couple episodes, I, uh, I don't live in Nebraska anymore. I live now in uh, Dallas, Texas, where I'm originally from. And so, uh, yeah, so I mean, it's harder for me to get guests on the podcast because if I do, it's Zoom. And I recently, I guess we have a life update. I recently had uh, some sort of tonsil infection. So I was like on antibiotics, kind of missed the whole week of you know, posting a podcast. And here we are another, you know, it's two weeks later. Glad to be back. Um, so we're going to talk about the Super Bowl that happened last weekend. There's some Nebraska football news I want to get into as well. And then on top of that, there's a whole lot of conference realignment stuff in college football that is up in the air. We're going to talk about the possibilities, what's really going on behind the scenes. So uh, we'll start off with the Super Bowl because that's most, you know, the biggest thing that's happened recently in sports. Um, I don't care about the halftime show. I don't care about the commercials. We're talking about the game. All right. So, you know, it was a great football game until that last call, of course, where uh, they called a holding on the defensive uh, player for the Eagles. And I believe his last name was Darby. Shoot, I didn't even write his name down. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I disagreed with that call. Of course, we all know what I'm talking about. If you watch Super Bowl, the holding call that set up the chip shot field goal and then pretty much the end of the game for the uh, Eagles as the Chiefs would go on to win 38-35. But, hey, other than that, I mean, it was a great football game. And, shoot, I was having a good time. I guess the, my last podcast guest, Max, was on the you know was on with me uh, the last two podcasts actually um I went to a house party Super Bowl party with him and I hadn't had a couple beers and a little mixy in a while so I was kind of on one I don't remember everything that I should about the game probably I was having a good time watching it. I remember most of it though um but you know that happened so hey um happy about how the game went besides the holding call I, i'm not like a super invested nfl guy if you've listened to run the damn ball before you'll know that but um anyway so that's really all i gotta take I, <laughs> that's really all i gotta take on right now um i just think the eagles were actually a slightly better team it's just that the chiefs had been there before more recently i guess that they've been to two more super bowls than the eagles had uh, since 2017, 18. And um, they also, you know, when it mattered most, they performed. So um, that's what happened. Um, anyway, but moving on to, I guess we'll get to some Nebraska football news lately that came out yesterday. So also there's like some noise going on in the background. That's my dog, Devaney. She wanted to be uh, near me during the podcast, but uh, 
my dad's also playing piano right now. So like I had to close the door. So she's just in the room with me right now. This is definitely a very uh, on a whim podcast right now for the damn ball because I am not used to talking uh, just solo. I don't think I've only done that once before. But anyway, Nebraska football news, two things that happened yesterday. Alante Brown and Hunter Anthony, both guys that contributed a decent amount on the team last year. Uh, they are both uh, no longer with the football program at Nebraska. And so um, it brings up the whole scholarship conversation so you know there's a hundred and 101 now now that these two guys are gone scholarship players and that includes the incoming freshmen for next fall and then the current guys on the team that haven't left who are on scholarship there's 101 i believe right now as of yesterday that are on scholarship and the limit is 85 now during the covid season and with all that stuff there were a whole lot of you know Everybody was just figuring it out. There were really no limits, honestly, with that. But now that we're a couple of years past, um, Nebraska needs to get down to 85 scholarship guys or figure out some, like, NIL package for the, the extra guys they have. Um, and the, so that's going to involve some transfer portal stuff. Devaney, you're barking at me. What? Get over here. <laughs> this is what Run the Damn Ball has become. It is me and this talk. All right, that's enough. <laughs> um, do you need me to let you out, Devaney? Oh my gosh. <laughs> what I was saying was, she just wanted me to pet her. But what I was saying was, Nebraska needs to somehow get down to 85 scholarship guys. And right now, with the incoming freshmen, they're at 101. So, first of all, not I'm not sad Hunter Anthony left. Okay, I'll get that out of the way. The O line, he didn't really, he was a backup. He was backing up Bryce Benhart. I'm going to be honest. Bryce Benhart, kind of, sometimes he's all right. Sometimes he's really not. And so that's what we saw last year. And uh, Hunter Anthony wasn't any better. So honestly, I'm fine with him leaving. All right. I love that he did the splits when he committed to Nebraska last summer. I actually tried to get Hunter on the uh, the podcast. But um, I, I got really sick and had like a cough. And so I wasn't able to get him on. I was like, dude, I can't do this coughing. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I did never get Hunter on the podcast, but whatever. Uh, I am sad about Alante Brown not being on the team anymore. I mean, obviously, maybe they'll come back. Maybe Alante would come back, uh, maybe, but he's not enrolled at UNL anymore. He's not enrolled in classes, and he's not on the team anymore. So my guess is he's going to hit the portal come, like, April, May, whenever the portal reopens. So, and I guess Hunter I, has one more year of eligibility, so he may do the same thing. So, unfortunately, uh, Alante's gone. I thought he was going to be a top four receiver for Nebraska this fall. I really think he could have been. Um, I think he was underutilized when Frost uh, was the head coach in Nebraska. Um, definitely feel that way. I mean, we had, like, Wyatt I, – I say it every podcast. We had, like, Wyatt Lever and these other some of these other guys who I didn't think were always that good. And I think Alante should have been on the field more at wide receiver for Nebraska. So, um, good player. He'll probably go to a smaller school and ball out. So, you know, that's how it goes. Um, good luck to him. Good luck to Hunter as well. Even though I kind of just, <laughs> I didn't know, I, I didn't say a whole lot of positives about him, but you know, Hey, that was some cool. He did the splits last summer and I can't even do that. I'm like half his size. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so that's Nebraska news. Um, I really did like one thing that I saw from a recent video from, I believe on three, 
actually uh, I know the guy who did the voiceover, Blake Arney, but um, there's for this on three video, they interviewed all these uh, top high school players in Nebraska and the top player for 2023 uh, class of 2024, but you know, 2023 uh, senior is Davon Hall. He's a wide receiver from Bellevue, uh, Bellevue West. And this is what he had to say about, uh, the current coaching staff in Nebraska. Also asked Hall what he thought about the new staff here at Nebraska. They are fire. They are cool. Like, I don't really know how to explain it. They're all, like, it's all a ton of different personalities all together, and it just makes it just makes everything work. It, it's just, so, like, there's the goofy side of them, and then there's the coach's side, but, like, that goofy side really gets you because then it's like, oh, okay, you can chill, you can relax with them. Like, but, yeah, no, they're all really, really cool, so. I mean, if that's what the top player in your state is saying about the current staff, that's a really good sign. Okay, I don't remember any players being that jazzed up about the last staff, maybe in year one, but, like, come on. that That's a good sign that, um, you know, this new staff's legit, and hopefully that will translate to wins. You know, you can have good coaches and lose. Um, that, that's not always the case. Usually that's the lack of talent. Um, usually that's Northwestern with Pat Fitzgerald. They just don't have very much talent. So they go like two and 10 sometimes, but you know, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so that's what we're looking like with Nebraska. I'm hopeful for the new staff. I'm not going to make a whole lot of predictions right now. It's February. We'll talk more Nebraska later this spring uh, when the spring rolls around, but um, you know, moving on to college football stuff. So we'll start with, you know, news that broke. Uh, around like a week ago, I think it was last weekend. But so this was up in the air for a while. Texas and Oklahoma, are they staying for one more year or two more years with the Big 12? One year guaranteed, obviously, with the schedule, you know, that was released. But um, Texas and Oklahoma have announced that they're going to the SEC in 2024. Um, so, and people are like, oh my gosh, they're both spending this amount of money to leave. Yeah, spending $100 million to exit the big 12 early and actually what it is texas and ou are just not going to get any revenue this year from the big 12 they're not going to have to pay the big 12 so there's no like official exit fee it's just that texas and ou both are getting zero big 12 money come july 1st of this year through the next year they're getting zero big 12 money um maybe they're maybe if they get like bonuses somehow if they like win a big bowl game maybe they'll get that but hey, they're not getting anything from the Big 12. So it's really no cost. You're just not making money. But those two schools are already going to be making money, obviously. So um, they're, they're going to be fine. I think they just, you know, if you're Texas, you don't want to keep losing to Texas Tech, TCU, Baylor, these schools that you see as inferior. And they do win against those teams sometimes. But, like, come on. They have not done as well as they could have done in the past, you know, decade or so especially against you know teams in the state of Texas. They usually beat Tech, but TCU and Baylor have been giving them trouble late, uh, as of late. So um, they don't want to lose those games. They don't want to play Houston. They want to go to the SEC and play A&M. And, hey, all power to them. Texas wants to get out. Oklahoma also, you know, they would rather lose to, you know, Auburn than lose to Kansas State. So, you know, they want to get out too. And, you know, it's kind of awkward, you know, it's, it's coming off on year two. I believe actually, no year three It's we're kind of on year three of a football season where the big 12 conference knows Texas and OU are on their way out. And so, you know, eventually you don't want to deal with these reps anymore. And so, uh, yeah, I totally get it. So this is the last year of college football being, you know, what we currently know it as. So 
Big 12 is changing. All right. They already are adding four schools this year. And then they're going to look even different when Texas and OU leave. SEC is going to 16 and 24 as well with Texas and OU. Uh, Pac-12 is going to become the Pac-10. And we'll talk about, you know, whether or not they keep the 12, <laughs> if they can add to. That's, a, you know, we're going to get to that next. And then Big Ten, of course, adding UCLA, USC, becoming 16 and 24, 2024, I'm saying, um, as well. So, you know, this is the last year of college football as we know it. And so, hey, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a weird year. It's the last year of the four-year playoff, so it's a transition. Um, it's going to be the last of what we know is college football for a while, uh, actually for probably forever. So, hey, I'm excited about it. And let me let my dog out of this room uh, before she loses her mind listening to me talk. So let's take it. The villain, what? Let's get out of here. Thank you. Okay, let me get you out of here. You're stressed. We interrupt this podcast to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Homes for the Troops. Homes for the Troops is a nonprofit organization that builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post 9-11 veterans to enable them to rebuild their lives. You can learn more and donate to their website at www.hfotusa.org. So the main thing that I wanted to talk about is... What the heck the Pac-12 is going to do? Because they're not getting any TV contract right now. And I just find it funny, okay? Look, I'm, I'm from Texas, all right? I'm not a Southern person. I'm a Texan, all right? I'm, not, I'm from Dallas, which is not very Texan, if we're honest. But, like, I'm a Texan, okay? And as a Texan, you know, and someone who lived in Nebraska for four and a half years. So, you know, we're talking about the Plains. We're talking about the Texas. It's a great state of Texas talking about the planes i only i only really know the middle of america so when i see these people on the coasts who think that they got it all figured out you know the pac-12 all the coastal people and (laughs) i'm kind of joking right now but i'm also not and the acc is kind of just sitting pretty you know they don't really need to do anything but you know the pac-12 over here thought they were going to poach all these big 12 schools after texas and ou left but then they thought they were too good. They were like, oh, we don't need them. We're fine. And then here we are in 2023, and the Pac-12 can't get a TV deal. They can't do it. SEC and ACC and the Big 12 all have deals with ESPN going forward. Big 10 has a deal with NBC, Fox, CBS. All right? And the Fox and ESPN are sharing the Big 12 as well, which shows their value. Both, both you know, big major TV networks got in on the Big 12. Basketball, football, they're good at both of them, right? They added four schools. They're looking towards the future. Pac-12 over here, like, yeah, we don't really want any of these, like, lesser academic schools in the Big 12. We're just going to sit here and lose two of their more valuable uh, members, UCLA and USC, to the Big 10. And then, you know, here they are. They're trying to get SMU and San Diego State. That's all they got right now. And they aren't even sure if they're going to add them because they don't know if that, you know, adds or decreases their um, television attractiveness to these TV networks. ESPN doesn't want to get a deal with Pac-12 right now. 
They said, no, nah, we don't really we don't really want to do that right now. They're not gonna do it. I don't know what's going on with Fox Sports. Um Turner Network Television and I believe CBS or maybe it was NBC. They're all they're not really in on the Big Twelve or excuse me. CBS, NBC, TNT. They didn't want anything to do with the Pac-12 right now either. And so the Pac-12, you know, Amazon, I think, has some sort of, uh, you know, their factor as well. But the Pac-12, you know, they're going to have to bargain for something lesser than they want if they want to get a deal with one of these TV networks. And so, you know, if, if I'm the Pac-12, I just sit with 10, man. You see what the Big 12 did when they had 10 only for basically a decade? A little longer than that, actually, now that I think of it. All right. So, yeah, they didn't expand, but at least they like were somewhat relevant because they won some, right? Um, they were a tough 10 teams. They weren't, you know, a, a top three revenue conference, but hey, you know, they were competitive. Pac 10's got to become competitive. They got to bank on Oregon, Washington, whoever else. They got to be competitive. And, you know, Utah's shown some promise of what as well. Uh, and so that's what they got to do because um, if you add SMU and San Diego State, I and I'd like them to, but I don't know if um, the stability's there as well. Like another thing, what if Oregon and Washington go to the Big Ten in like four years? And then you're sitting with, oh, you added SMU and San Diego State, but like now you're a 10 again. And then you're basically half Pac-12, half Mountain West at best as a conference going forward. And Arizona and Arizona State are going to be like, what the heck's this? We want to go to the Big 12, you know? And so all it takes is, like, conference realignment to just keep happening, and the Pac-12 is going to get poached. I'm telling you right now. They'll, they could stay at a strong 10, and, you know, maybe they could grab – if they get a good TV deal, maybe they'll grab SMU and San Diego State. But whether or not they do or not, I just don't know if they're going to have longevity. You know? I just don't know. Then maybe you grab, like, Tulane and Rice after you grab SMU and San Diego State. Maybe. But, like, I just don't know. They're always going to be – there's going to be a Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3 of conferences in Division One FBS – it's going to be SEC, Big Ten at top. Big 12 maybe is like 1B and as well as ACC. But I don't know. I don't know. Like unless the Pac-10 slash 12 or whatever they're going to be, unless they can be competitive and win big, they're not going to be able to keep up with the other four, in my opinion. I just don't see it. Big 12 is not going to be making as much money. ACC is not going to be making as much money, but if they can stay competitive. They're going to be in the conversation. That's just how it goes. Clemson, if they're good. You know, TCU, if they're good, they're in the conversation. They're playing for national championships, even if they get blown out, right? But, you know, here you go, Pac-10, um, besides one year with Oregon, um, they haven't won a playoff game, I don't believe. A single team has besides Oregon. And I guess the Big 12 is the same story because TCU is the only one that's ever, uh, you know, won one in the Big 12. But, um, yeah, no, I mean – they're gonna they're gonna need their teams to step up, and also, regardless, it's like the Big Twelve and the Big Ten are gonna come calling for those um, Pac twelve schools in the next decade. 
they want to expand Washington, Oregon. They're going to try and do it. And I don't see Pac-12 schools. I know I keep using Pac-12, Pac-10 together because, you know, it's going to be the Pac-10 if they don't add two teams. But, you know, I don't think Pac-12 teams want to go to the Big 12. They want to go to the Big 10. And so, you know, it's going to be up to the Big 10 what they want to do. And so, um, you know, talk about SMU, San Diego State, and what they're, you know, valued as. SMU is Dallas's team. Now, that is only partially true because as someone from Dallas, the teams that people care about college-wise, Oklahoma, Texas, all the Texas schools really have some sort of a foothold in Dallas. But obviously Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, Arkansas, and those are like the major um, teams that people root for because of their alma mater or like where they're from, whatever. All right, so – you know, with that being said, SMU is not on the same level as those schools in terms of, you know, bringing in TV money. But still, you know, if you're Pac-12 network, you come down here, you get SMU in, on the, you know, in the conference, and then you're able to get the Pac-12 net, network reach out to Dallas, right? DFW, there's like 7 million people in this Metroplex, something like that. That's massive. You want that. You want a team for the televisions. That's how it works. So Dallas, with SMU being a team right near downtown, it makes sense. Do I need to say more? I mean, they've had success in the past. The death penalty, you know, wrecked their program for years. Um, They finally recovered in the recent, like, eight years. And so here they are, you know, showing their value. And they could potentially be, if they're the Texas team of the Pac-12, they could be a damn good, you know, team in football, other sports. I mean, they're going to be a valuable team. Team and also a lot of people from California come to SMU if they can't get into you know USC UCLA. So it's already they already have a lot of California people rolling into SMU. Um, so that's that's them. And then San Diego State. I mean, you got leverage if you're San Diego State because you say, hey, Pac-12, um, we're going to be the only Southern California team if you add us, and if you don't, then we'll go to the Big Twelve. And um, that's some leverage. They could say that, and it, it would actually mean something. So. And, you know, the Big 12, they'd like to get some Southern California team in there. Um, and the only one that's, you know, an option is San Diego State because not a single other uh, Division One football program is big enough to get in the Big 12 besides San Diego State out of the, you know, portion of the country that's Southern California. Um, you got FCS schools. Fresno State is Central California, by the way. And then USC and UCLA are going to play in the Big 10 all the time. So here you go, um, San Diego State, Adam to the Pac-12, and you get back a portion of Southern California. But if you don't, Big 12 might come over and grab them. So it's only a matter of time, I think, for San Diego State to get to the Pac-12. And then on top of that, I mean, they've been competitive in basketball, football for 15 years, right? You know, um, I know Kawhi Leonard played there in basketball, and they've still had good years since then. And then, you know, they're always a tough group of five football teams. So, hey, you should go at them if you're the Pac-12. SMU is probably the most attractive um, team, you know, outside of the Rocky Mountain and Pacific time zone that they can get. I think Boise State would be a good ad, but they don't want Boise. Pac-12 doesn't want Boise, right? Um, so they're going to probably go get SMU and San Diego State in the next two years. Whether or not they do that sooner or later probably has something to do with the TV deal. But, hey, that's all I know. That's what's going down. Also, I know a week ago, you know, the – um. Commissioner George Kliakov of the Pac-12, he 
visit SMU. So, you know, it shows there's value. All right. So anyway, I think that's everything I got. I kind of just rambled for a while, but I needed to get something out there for y'all. It's been a while since I've done a podcast. Um, it could be more of me just talking because, you know, um, I'm, sometimes I'll get a guest on if I find the time. Sometimes I'll just say, hey, you know, I'm going to go do this myself. So um, anyway, that's everything. Uh, I'll talk more Nebraska probably coming up when spring football rolls around. I'd like to get a player on the podcast as well. Um, that'd be nice to get their perspective on how things are going with Matt Rule and the staff at Nebraska. Um, yeah, that's everything. So thanks for listening. This has been Daniel Magnuson. Run the damn ball.